Hello. How are you today? Come on in and join us. I'm Dr. Linda on the Seats, Tables, and Invitations platform. And um, I'd like to um, talk today and uh, the next couple of podcasts, I'd like to talk about unity. And so today's uh, podcast, um, I'd like to call it Unity, A Seed to Multiply. And so again, come in. Welcome. So glad you came to join us today. Make yourselves comfortable and uh, we're going to get started. So um, I'd like to, um, you know, it's no secret that uh, the earth is awaiting the sons of God. Amen. And that there's a great need for those um, who have the capacity, the ability to sit down at the table of negotiation uh, to broker something that uh, those involved in can live with. However, whether this is done in the sacred or secular arenas, anything of real value to mankind will emanate from the mind of God. It has to emanate from God's mind. It has to be legislated in the spirit and articulated in a language that all parties can understand. So um, how do these things happen? You know, um, I want you to keep in mind uh, people like Daniel, you know, that was in a foreign land, spoke a different language. I was groomed to be in the king's court and um was one that God had endowed with the ability to interpret dreams. And and God allowed an occasion to come up where the king had need of him. And uh, his ability to use something spiritual, something that came from God, to use it in a secular situation to uh, negotiate uh, with a king, you know, this uh, positioned him. It positioned him and... um him being positioned with the king was good for all of the children of Israel. There was a a one that had favor with God, had a prayer life, had the mind of God that was now in the king's cabinet, if you will, or part of his administrative team. And so life was going to be better for everybody, including uh, the children of Israel, because he was in that seat. And not only was Daniel in that seat, But he had some friends with him that when the king asked for the interpretation of his dream, he wasn't going to give anybody a lot of information. They had to tell him what he dreamed and they had to tell him the interpretation of the dream, uh, which, you know, put him under great strain. But he asked his friends uh, for something again that was a uh, something that emanated out of God's kingdom out of God's reservoir. He asked them to pray that the Lord would give him revelation, that the Lord would give him interpretation. Now, this was a pagan king that did not believe in his God at all, but that king had a need. And David was able, I mean, not David, but Daniel was able to get the mind of the Lord through, you know, and, and this was partnership between him, you know, and uh, his brothers. He didn't try to get it all himself. You know, he understood that um, in order to get the mind of the Lord, that he needed to be surrounded and covered with prayer. And so it was a team effort. Amen. And it was a picture of unity. And so um, they prayed 
Uh, Daniel was praying as well, and the Lord released the revelation to him to help the king. And not only did it help the king, it positioned him, which helped everybody else. So we're talking about unity, a seed to multiply. That was just one example, but that's not really where I'm going. But I, I want to make it relevant. Um, I want you to see that just like there was a Daniel in that day, that the Lord is looking for people in every walk. I don't care if you're in the if you live in the rural areas, if you're in the the urban areas of your, you know, your neighborhood, it does not matter where you're at. There is always something that the people can benefit from. And so the more that we have the mind of the Lord through our relationship with him, the more access that we have to revelation, the more favor that rests upon us, the more doors that we can get inside of and the more doors that we can get inside of and you the sphere of influence that God has given to us and be able to bring to bear at the table the mind of God, the will of God, but also to be able to do that in such a way that it's not churchy, it's not couched in our church language. You know, we're able to take off those garments and leave them inside of the church building and wear the hats that we need to wear out there with those people in the vernacular that they understand. And the Holy Spirit is able to give us both of them. He's able to, you know, um, we can talk to if the Lord wants us to, and that's our audience and that's the sphere that he's given to us. You know, it can work any number of ways. We can be very, very brilliant and educated in the high echelons of education and society and yet be able to talk to the boys in the hood. You know, that comes from the spirit of the Lord. We can be the boys in the hood and be able to talk to, you know, like a, a young man that I know, you know, he can talk to some of anybody, you know, the hand of the Lord is upon him to be able to do that in all levels. And I'm sure you, sure you know somebody like that as well. So not getting off. So we're talking about uh, being able to sit down at tables of negotiation to broker something that everybody can live with, uh, that whether this is the sacred or secular arenas, that if it's going to be of real value to mankind, it's going to have to come out of the mind of God. And because of the constraints and the enemy, he does not want that um, you know, to be a reality, it has to be legislated in the spirit. Somebody has got to do the warring, got to do the praying, got to do the interceding for the obstacles, for the hindrances that work inside of men, inside of their minds, inside of their prejudices, inside of our own uh, places. You know, we have to undo those things so that they don't get in the way and to diminish the uh, the harvest, diminish, you know, what could happen, the way that it could happen because of something that's happening on the the um, the soulish realm, you know, uh, that's trying to to stop it. For instance, um, that uh, there is somebody that God greatly wants to use, but that somebody has never dealt with uh, their own insecurities. They've never dealt with their own inferiority complex. They've never, you know, uh, settled the issue of identity. And because they have not settled that, 
um, then when they, you know, they're, they're in certain places, it's like the enemy knows that their core is not solid. And so, um, you know, he'll bring something, uh, say, uh, as an example, you know, they're very comfortable one-on-one. -on -one. And so that person, they find great favor with somebody one-on-one -on -one, and, you know, they live vicariously through that person. They get all of their value and their worth because they know Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, Prophet So-and-so, President, CEO, whatever they are, whoever they are, you know, that's where they get their value from. They don't see themselves as having any value. You know, it's just in these external relationships. Well, they are fine and they feel, feel pretty good until somebody else comes into the picture that now threatens that relationship. The person is not trying to threaten the relationship. The person has a right to be there as well. And so then, you know, you may see this whole territorialism erupt. You know, now they're, you know, they've got all of this junk going on on the inside of them. They have been invited to this table to help solve a problem, to help bring something forth, something that has the potential to be great, to be impactful and all of that. But that unresolved, um, you know, uh, things, issues in the inside keeps them from being able to be used to the capacity that they would be and may even cause them to shoot themselves in the foot and blow the very opportunity that they've been given. So, so it has to be legislated in the spirit. We have to recognize these things and, and, you know, not, uh, we have to be willing that we don't only rebuke the devil and somebody else that we see, but when we're mature enough and we understand that this thing could be a hindrance, uh, this can be a hindrance in my own life and this can be a hindrance in what God wants to do in my church, in my family, in my neighborhood, you know, and I may be especially invited to something, but I got to be able to handle myself in those atmospheres, in those arenas. Amen. And so I have to be willing if I see the devil acting a monkey inside of myself and I've never addressed it, I got to hit it straight on and not pet the devils that are inside of me. But I have to rebuke those things and command that they go and do it and stand flat footed against it and renounce it and break covenant, break agreement with it until it leaves and it's no longer a part of who I am. Amen. So in James, uh, James chapter four, verse one, he says, where do these wars and these fightings come from? He said, these things come from the lust that war inside of your members. And so we have to understand, you know, I think a lot of times Pride will, you know, or the fear of what people will say or the fear that people might see some, some, um, you know, some chink in my armor, you know, they might see something that's, that's not. And if I'm busy trying to prove that I'm perfect and then they see this, you know, then, um, the person could fear being rejected. And so it makes them pretend like they got all of it together and it will cause, you know, pride to be an operation and the inability to admit, you know, I'm being perfected, but I'm not perfect. And so I don't have to try to be, 
You know, I, I'm, I'm, I strive to live in the spirit. I strive to obey the Lord, but he has already said, if I blow it, I have an advocate with the father that Jesus has been made, you know, the propitiation for my sins. I, I have a remedy. I have a way. And you know, that, ho- that offers great hope to someone else because we are the Lord's workmanship. It says in Ephesians chapter two. And so because I am his workmanship, he's working on me. He is perfecting me and you and all of us as we go along. And none of us have arrived. I don't care how brilliant we may seem or, or whatever, you know, we don't. And so I think that we could just like take the pressure off of ourselves and take the pressure off of other people. Even when we're seeking, you know, uh, uh, the, the unity of the spirit and we're trying to get something done, you know, we cannot. Uh, allow these things to derail the whole process and everything gets shut down, you know, because of pride or arrogance or whatever, you know, we have to be willing to uh, continue the process and work on ourselves and, and be patient with each other, you know, and allow, you know, um, allow each other to, to, to be what we are. You know, uh, if we know that we don't have it together all, you know, all the time and, um, we, we need forgiveness and we need people to give us a break. I'm not talking about anything crazy, you know, but I'm talking about that, you know, the pressure of having to keep up this image. So many, um, you know, men and women of God, they've committed suicide for trying to keep up an image of perfection. It's a lot of pressure to live up under that. And so we can just let ourselves off of that hook because God's he doesn't have us on that hook in the first place. OK, so anyway, moving on. Uh, so we're talking about those things that shouldn't be there have to be legislated in the spirit. When I'm when I say legislated, I mean that when whatever the the area of influence that the Lord has given to us or he's given to our church or whatever, that we have, you know, a right to speak on behalf of that place. We have a right. Every father, every mother has a right to legislate or speak on behalf of their family. According to the word of God, they have a right to say what will and what will not be. They can say no and they can say yes, you know, and they have that right. They are back by God, uh, that they are well within, you know, they don't have to let anybody else. I don't care who it is in their home. God is the one that made them the authority over their children and nobody else gets the right to come in. If they are, you know, um, if they are raising their children and treating their children in a manner that's consistent with the word of God, nobody can come in and usurp their authority. Because they don't agree with the way that they're doing it or, you know, uh, they cannot come in and be the voice over them in the hearts and minds of their children. They have to respect those boundaries. OK, a uh, husband and, and, and wife, you know, they are given certain legalities regarding each other and, you know, all kinds of other, you know, uh, examples that we could use. So I'm talking about the right, the authority that you have to um forbid something from being, especially when we're talking about something that was shut down the unity of the spirit. 
because unity is something that needs to be multiplied. Unity helps us to get something done when we're trying to negotiate something. And and then we said that uh, uh, that this whole um, you know unity that it has to be articulated in a language that everybody can understand. So it means that we have to take our 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 church clothes off. You know, we can't come into the the business boardroom uh, talking like we would in, you know, in, in church, unless it's a Christian boardroom and they understand all of that, you know, but if they don't, then we have to uh, ask the Lord to give us the language to be able to say what needs to be said in the way that people are going to understand it. If they can understand it, then they can buy into it. If they don't even know what we're talking about, you know, then they're going to have their guard up and they're going to be defensive. Okay. So what do we, we, um, so, um, in Psalms 133, it says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in this unity. And it goes on to say in that uh, chapter at the end of it, that it um, that is in the place of unity, that there's a commanded blessing, even life forevermore. The Zoe kind of life of God, you know, the the the, the life where the Lord is legislating things where the Lord's spirit is there, where he helps us to get things done. He says how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. You know, so there's something to be said for that unity. It gives us an oil. It gives us an, uh, it removes, uh, you know, friction and, 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 and that would shut down the process. Now there may be sparks flying when iron is sharpening iron, but you know, no, Nobody's running away from the table. Okay, so this unity here in Psalms 133 verse 1. Okay, so this unity here is from uh, the Hebrew word yakad. And uh, it has to do with a union, unitedness. And it also has, to, you'll see it used in other words in the Old Testament, uh, together, all together. Uh, alike and um, together or with all. Okay. So um, that's what word is used there. And that's, uh, it's two, used two times. It's also to dwell together and unity birth. Both are that same word. And then in Exodus chapter 19, verse eight, and the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So here the people said, all that the Lord has spoken to us, we will do. And they answered Moses together and said that in unison with each other, you know, they were all of the same mind. Yes, they had intention. We are going to do this. So it can have to do with our intention. But, you know, as we see uh, later on that, um, Intention is not necessarily the capacity to carry something out. So in the Old Testament, we know that they did not have that. That was before Jesus. It was after the fall of Adam. And so they were given to sin, you know, and it was before Jesus came to deal with sin, to forgive man of their sins and to break the sin nature and all of that. So by chapter 32, um, 
Moses had taken too long up on the mountain and the people was getting restless and they said, we need to make ourselves a God. You know, that's what they saw them do in Egypt. And they said, we need to make a God. They melted down their earrings and made this golden calf. So they had intention, but they did not have the capacity to keep this unity, to dwell together. Okay. So, um, then in Job chapter nine, verse 32, uh, Job says, he's not a man as I am talking about God, that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. So, uh, he was saying that, you know, by him saying that, that God was not someone that he could come together with in judgment. God was above him, higher than him. But he was saying, because he used the analogy, he said, as a man, you know. And so that says that him and men, other men, were able to come together in judgment. And so that judgment there is, uh, that word has to do with, you know, uh, what we would think that it has to do with judgment, justice, and ordinance. And it is a mishpat, M-I-S-H-P-A-T, mishpat. And um, it has to do with legal things, a verdict, um, a sentence, a formal decree, a divine law. It has to do with uh, the, the suit, you know, what somebody's being sued for, the crime, the penalty, and all of that. A determination that's made, discretion, the charge itself, a judgment that's rendered because of all the evidence of a case. So Job says that God is not like that. I can't come with him that we could come to that. But he and another man could do that, could come to judgment. So in the Old Testament, Testament, there was some capacity to do that. But in the, in the new Testament, once, um, you know, a person is born again and they are, um, regenerated by the spirit of God and their human spirit is quickened. We now have some capacities to do things that we were not able to do pre Jesus. Okay. And so, you know, then the whole process starts and we are uh, born again. We are taught the word of God, you know, as new babies we, in the word, we are discipled and all of that, you know. And so where I'm going is that we come to a place where we have to take responsibility for our own selves and we have to take responsibility for ourselves for the greater things of the Lord. God is not looking for somebody else, you know, in, in, in my neighborhood where I live at. In my church where I go, God is looking for me. He's looking for me and all of the rest of us that are in that place. We are the ones that he has deputized, that he has authorized to speak and legislate on his behalf in that place. Now, we know if we're talking about a church, we're not necessarily in charge. We may be the member of the church, but I'm talking about your personal responsibility when you walk outside of those doors, you know, in your prayer life and the way that you conduct yourself, that you are causing the place that God has situated you to be the better. And therefore we have to take responsibility for the unity. So if we see something that's out of order, we have a right to speak to it. We've been invited to be a part of that company, a part of that, you know, uh, expression of the ecclesia that's been called out to do something in that geographical location. And so if it's us 
that has been called and we have to be able to speak on its behalf. If we see something out of order, something that is an abuse, you know, on our knees, we can come against those spirits. You know, we can uh, declare, you know, we can pray on behalf of our leaders. We can pray on behalf of our brothers and sisters, and we can understand it from the standpoint that this thing uh, is threatening to wreck the, the whole thing. It's, it's threatening to shut down all that we've been able to amass and all that we've been able to do. We cannot allow this to just come in and just take over, you know, so we have a right, um, you know, uh, in Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter two, it tells us that we are to pray for we being all of us, you know, not just the leaders, not just the fivefold, but we are told to pray for those that are in authority, to pray for leaders. And the reason that we are to pray for them is that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ can get preached, that the kingdom can come, that the will of God can be done within that, that space in that place. Right? So we take the responsibility. We don't just, you know, sit there and act like it has nothing to do with us. Oh, that's for them to do and for them to do. And that's for the government. And that's, you know, but the government is made up of human beings and we know the adversary. If the adversary attacks people and gives them all kinds of thoughts, then, you know, uh, again, I said, James chapter four, verse one says, where does fighting and wars, where do they come from? They come from the lust that's within our members. And so if that's where fightings and wars go on, then factions and, and different tribes being against each other, and different political parties being against each other. And in the midst of all of this upheaval and, and confusion and nonsense, this going on. All kinds of other things are getting instituted under the rug. It's like we have to be sharp and keen and we have to be aware of what's going on and we have to take it that it is part of my responsibility to do something about what I see and that the keeping of the unity of the spirit is a seed that needs to be multiplied. And so if I see the absence of it, then and I know that, not, uh, you know, that that it's going to hinder things getting done and things being accomplished, then I have to legislate in the spirit realm. I have to get the mind of the Lord. I have to pray for the mind of the Lord, the revelation, you know, the same way that Daniel asked for his friends. He said, pray for me. He said, pray for me that I, because for one thing, there's an urgency, there's a deadline. I don't have all day. You know, I ain't got 30 days or 40 days to fast before God to get the answer. The King is demanding the answer right now. And I have to come up with this or our heads are going to roll. So there was a, a threat involved. There was some danger involved. But, you know, even when there's danger or whatever, there is access to the mind of God. And so, you know legislating uh, in the spirit for those hindrances to be removed, you know, means that we, we, each one of us, we have to handle and take care of the things that are of the enemy. We have to be able to say, like Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. And Jesus was able to legislate on behalf of the father because the enemy couldn't handle him. The enemy couldn't do nothing with him because none of the enemy's stuff was on the inside of Jesus. 
And so we got to be be sure when we identify something, we have to take inventory of ourselves and see what are the, you know, I've been invited to this table. You know, this uh, maybe it's a promotion for you. Maybe it's an elevation. You know, well, one of the things that we have to understand if we're mature is that an elevation and a promotion does not signal that I've arrived. It only signals that I have come to a new level of responsibility. And so I better take inventory of myself to see what might be my particular hindrances on this level. You know, I better see how am I reacting to this new level? Am I afraid? You know, I got to identify my fears. Why am I scared of this new level? I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm afraid. What's that all about? You know, to investigate that because I don't want anything to be able to shut me down that uh, my voice at the table that I'm not able to help be a negotiator for this uh, unity of the spirit. Amen. Okay, and we've said that there's a difference between pre-Jesus and after Jesus. And so now we have the capacity because Jesus has come to forgive us of our sins and not only to forgive us of our sins, but he's broken the sin nature within us, you know, and so we now have the ability to overcome those things, right? And so no matter what it is, individually or collectively, we have access to be able to do what God wants to get done in the, in the natural realm, right? And how he wants um, his kingdom to come and heaven to come down into situations. Okay, so um, we may be the one, we may be praying for the one, but whatever it is, we need to have every one of us needs to have an understanding of what's going on. And we have access to have understanding. There's no way that the Lord would ask us to be a part of something. And we are, you know, blind and, and deaf and dumb. And we don't even know what's going on. That's laziness. You know, that's not, um, you know, uh, we are told to ask, to seek and to knock. And if we continue to do that, we're going to receive we're going to find and the doors are going to be open to us, the doors of revelation. We will be able to track with our pastor, track with husbands and wives, you know, with family, with whatever it is when we all are doing that, you know, and I'm not being, uh, I'm not naive. I'm not, sometimes you, you're doing that on your own, you know, maybe your household, everybody is not together, but because you and the Lord are together, you still get to legislate on God's behalf behalf and what he's called you to do. No one else will be able to shut down what he's given you to do. Amen. And so um, when we look in uh, what I want us to look at as we go into the New Testament, I want us to look at um, two scriptures, you know, and just kind of break those open. And then, you know, um, we'll finish up for uh, the podcast today. But in Ephesians chapter four, verse three, it says, uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So it's talking about a certain kind of unity. And here it's calling this thing the unity of the spirit. 
So if there's the unity of the spirit, there may be some other kind of unity. And we need to distinguish what kind of unity we're talking about. We're not talking about the uh, ecumenical unity where all different uh, faiths, those that don't believe in Jesus and those that do, you know, all coming together at one time and trying to have agreement. We're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, that we're endeavoring, we're making an effort, we're putting forth some energy to keep, you know, to maintain, to uh, to secure the unity of the spirit. And so if the enemy can cause, you know, there to be opposites, for there to be division and there to be discord and there to be two minds and everybody going in the same direction. So we're not talking about at the at the level of the soul, you know, uh, again, James chapter four, verse one, asked the question, where do fighting and wars, where do they come from? Disagreements and discord and all of that. Where does it come from? It comes from the lust that's inside our members. So that is something that we have to war legislating that that cannot continue. You know, that we bind it, we come against it, we declare for the liberation of those that are involved, that the power of hell is broken in people's lives, you know, that will seek to cause that to come and, and, and the way that people see things, their perspective, the lies that they would believe, the deception, the seduction of their mind, you know, even what has happened uh, in their 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 past or whatever that causes them the minute that they see something or hear something or smell something or something comes near to them, it registers something that's unpleasant. And so they react in a certain kind of way. You know, all of those things have to be shut down. If we're going to have the unity of the spirit, we have to get to the bottom of those things as individuals and as, you know, collectively. And, you know, uh, after a while, it's not about casting out the devil. It's about renewing our minds. And that's something that each one of us, you know, as we grow, uh, is just like, you know, in a family, the mama's not going to feed the baby forever. At some point in time, the baby has got teeth and the baby can eat and the baby is going to have to feed himself. Okay. And digest his own food and the baby will tell you what he wants and, and all of this good stuff. You know, it's a sign of healthy development. And so us as, you know, as people of God, it's like in order. And I'm talking about the unity. I'm talking about us wanting something, you know, because a lot of people would maybe listen to this and say, oh, I know about, you know, I know that already, you know, and I just want to say, do you know that so far as keeping the unity of the spirit, uh, even so far as two churches? being able to work together in a, in one neighborhood. You know, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this unity that registers out there where everyday people live at. I'm not talking about just inside of the four walls of our church where we go and most people get together. We know each other because we know everybody in there. We like each, we love, we love each other, you know, but do we have the same love for somebody that's down the street and around the corner? Do we have the same love? You know, can we hear the spirit of God in somebody other than those that we regularly fellowship with? Can we hear the spirit? Do we know the spirit of God when it's 
speaking through somebody else that we are not familiar with. I'm talking about keeping the unity of the spirit. I'm talking about unity being something that needs to be multiplied in the earth, looking for the manifestation of the sons of God, us being positioned to have a voice, us sitting at tables to negotiate for things that will benefit all of us. We have to be able to get past these constraints and some of the constraints are down on the inside of us. So I invite you along with me taking a look at my own self, you know, to see what are the constraints that may be inside of my life that would keep God from being able to do what he wants to do, not only in my own life, but in the life of somebody else and collectively in a greater dimension where I live at. You know, how can I accommodate the Lord in that? How can I partner with him to make sure that I'm not going to be the constraint? That I'm not going to let, you know, myself be a baby Huey and never get over some things, you know, and they're always be able to come in, you know, and get a hold of me. I know people that have died and have never gotten past that. I know people that have been brilliant people. I mean, I'm talking about a Nobel Peace Prize uh, level brilliance, you know, but was never able to get past the rejection of men was never able to get past being accepted by someone and it crippled them so bad mentally that they never were able to get to and fulfill the whole will of God for their life. So I'm not talking about, you know, some fairy tale or something. And I'm not talking about something that a lot of us don't deal with on an everyday basis. You know, something like the whole um, phantom of perfection and and many, many pastors, you know, and leaders, gifted men and women of God committing suicide, you know, and a lot of them committing suicide because they couldn't live up to this. uh, They couldn't tell nobody that they had a problem. You know, they were too ashamed, either the fear of being rejected by men or either the need to appear perfect before men would cause them to take to, to for the enemy to convince them that the only solution is taking your own life. I'm talking about things that are real when I'm talking about the unity of the spirit. OK, sometimes the enemy doesn't even want the person to get to the table. He wants to take them out inside of their own mind before they can ever do that. So, okay, back to uh, what I'm talking about. Um, Got off a little bit. And uh, I think that probably we need to take a tiny break. And that's what I'm going to do. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Stay right there and we'll be right back. Okay. All right. So we're back. And uh, if you just joined us, I'm Dr. Linda. And we're here on the Seats, Tables, and Invitation uh, platform, and we're talking about unity um, this time around on the podcast. And we're talking about unity, that unity is a seed that we can multiply, all right? And uh, so we were talking about unity in the New Testament, and we were saying that we had to make an effort that in Ephesians chapter four, verse three, that we were talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. And we talked a little bit about constraints to that. And so we said that the unity of the spirit is a special kind of something that, you know, this is a, a, a certain particular kind of unity, not any kind, but the unity of the spirit. 
and we are able to access the unity of the spirit because we have the spirit of God down on the inside of us. The spirit of the Lord, it knows what is the mind of, of God. It will, you know, in first Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 14, it tells us that the spirit, you know, it's going to, it's going to be uh, legislating on behalf of God's kingdom, on behalf of God's desire, something that he wants uh, for an area, for a family, you know, and so he he has he has if we will give way to him he can cause us to come to the same conclusions he can cause us to put down our flesh you know our demands for our way to be right you know um we can uh, undo the seat of pride and so you know we don't have to uh, have to have it our way if we really want the lord to have his way then we're able to do like jesus did and say not my will and by us saying that and you know a core of us being able to say that a nucleus that you know um we can begin to uh, cause that to be in an area, be in a family, and it begins to take a stronghold, you know, just like in, 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 on the other side of the fence, you know, the, uh, story of, you know, one mobster, uh, one, uh, mafia mobster, you know, and Las Vegas here in the States, you know, uh, before this man came to Las Vegas, Las Vegas was a sleepy little no name town. And when he came to town, you know, he just started selling one idea. He used his voice and he just kept speaking that idea until it caught on. And somebody else said, oh, this is a possibility, you know, and this 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 same sentence, this same conversation, this same idea and possibility. He kept on talking this up and telling this to different people until, you know, it hit what's called critical mass. And there were enough people to begin to push this thing. And the next thing you know, you know, um, it was a, a household word, you know, it changed the, the very climate, the, the temperature, the climate, the atmosphere, everything changed, but it started with one man's influence. Okay. And so influence is a powerful thing and us realizing who we are and who the spirit of God is and what he wants to do. You know, if the, the media and all kinds of other things has caused, has, um, uh, you know, informed and dictated and cause uh, thoughts to be formed and whole cultures to be formed because of what they just continually spit out and, um, you know, get people to believe and buy into. If that can happen, then we can use our voice for the kingdom of God to, you know, um, broker, if you will, on behalf of the Lord. Right. And so we're talking about uh, the unity of the spirit. I want to look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 13. And this says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now here we have a different kind of unity in, um, up, up, uh, in the top of the chapter, 
Uh, it talks about the unity of the spirit. And here it's talking about till we all come into the unity of the faith. Now, why would it say that? It said until we all come, until we all come, you know, that there is the possibility for all without exception to come to this place of a unity of the faith. Where does our faith come from? Initially, faith is planted in us as a mustard seed is what Jesus said. You know, that if you have that much and that's what we start out with, with, that you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And just that little small amount of faith, you know, will cause that to be so. And so now here in Ephesians is saying, till we all come into the unity of that faith of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, of faith in what God can do, faith in the gospel, faith, you know, in, um, you know, the, the Bible from Genesis to revelation, you know, there is, a possibility there is the you know god would not tell us anything that it cannot be and he said until we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect or mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so he is our measuring you know the fullness of the anointed one that's the measure that we're coming to and you know this where the earth is looking for the manifestation of the sons of God is looking for the mature sons of God that have been able to be, uh, to, to decide to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God, for his causes, for his bidding, for his mind and for his will. And there is a way to arrive at the spirit of, of God because the spirit of the Lord, we have been baptized in the Holy spirit. When we were saved, when we were born again, we were baptized in the spirit. Now we may or may not speak in tongues, but we all have the spirit of God down on the inside of us with the potential for all nine of the expressions of the Holy spirit spoken of in first Corinthians chapter 12. We all have that without exception. And so the unity of the spirit can be kept because the spirit, the, 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 um, the machinery, you know, uh, the, all of the mechanics to be able to do that are inside of us when we get saved. And along with, there's also the capacity for the unity of the faith. The Lord would not say that if that were not possible. So to think, you know, the only thing that happens to us is that we make up our minds. We use our will, which is part of our soul, and we decide what we will and will not do. It's not that God could not do something in a city. It's not that he couldn't do something if it's four churches on the same block. It's not that they can't get along. It's not that they can't sit down and negotiate on behalf of that block, that neighborhood. It's that they won't. Is that they use their will and they they allow their will to superimpose itself over the spirit of God that's on the inside of them, you know. And whenever we decide, like I said, to rebuke the adversary that's inside of our own selves, you know, we'll make some mileage. So anyway, um, so that possibility is there. Okay. So that there in the, in the, when we're talking about in the new Testament, that is the, um, that's a different word, uh, for unity. And that is, uh, henotes. And, uh, so that's H E N O T E S. And, uh, it means oneness or unanimity 
And it's only found uh, twice, you know, that we see that. And that was in the two scriptures that I gave you in Ephesians. Okay. But um, it doesn't matter how many times that we see it. Okay. And again, it's a certain kind of unity. But when we look at uh, both instances that they are works of the spirit. So, uh, and another scripture that I'm going to go to. I'm not going to go to it, but I'm going to cite it. It says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's been shed abroad in each one of our hearts. So all of the characteristics of the love of God that have been outlined in first Corinthians chapter uh, 13, you know, all of those characteristics are in us. You know, they are potentially in us. They can be realized and matured within us. But the love of God as a seed has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we said about the unity of the faith that that's been given to each one of us. Only thing that we have to do is give it room to grow. Now, um, So when we talk about, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit or we talk about, you know, uh, the unity of the spirit or whatever, we can receive those things uh, passively and they can just be in us and we can never we you know, we we can have the potential and never do anything with the potential or we can decide, you know, to partner with the Lord, to partner with his word and to partner with what he wants to do in an area and we can actively bring forth, you know, the things that are of the spirit. All right. So what have we talked about today? Uh, we've talked about the unity of the spirit. That is something that we want to keep. We want to make an effort to do that. We said that we want to sit down. We want to be those that can sit down at tables. And when I say that, I mean that metaphorically. It may be some real tables, but I'm talking about that we are kings and priests unto the Lord, that we have um, authority. We have the right to speak on behalf of the things of God. And, you know, uh, if you've been hearing me for a little while now, uh, what I'm really getting at is for the average person that's sitting on the church pew that really don't think that they can do anything else other than inside of the four walls of the church. I'm telling you that we're in a season where the, the world is looking to see the manifestation. And there are many of us that have been equipped, that have been trained, and the Lord is looking for us to be salt and light out where we live, not just leading people to Christ, although we may be doing that, we may be witnessing and all of that, but he is also looking for us to use our authority. He's looking for us to use what is going on and to be involved, to be praying, to be boots on the ground, you know, to see what is going on and not to allow any and everything to go down on our watch, you know, if it's, um, if it's drug infested, you know, if it's, uh, whatever, you know, we have a right to begin to come against in our prayer closets because those things are, 
you know, creating havoc in neighborhoods. It's creating fear, you know, and we have a right to band together with others that are in our neighborhood. So, you know, if the enemy wants to shut down anything, he'll keep the church at odds with each other. So we target that and we pray for that to come down, that the pride, that the arrogance, that the insecurity, that the lack of identity, that the Lord will begin to um, give freedom in these areas and that the enemy, you know, that's been able to convince people and, and lie to people, make them think that their brother or their sister is their problem, that and jealousies and envies and wanting what somebody else has as if God is some kind of stepfather, you know, that to some of us, you know, that he's a, a respecter of persons and he gives one person, uh, you know, no, that might have been our experience with earthly parents, some of us, you know, but that does, that is not who God is. And so we don't have to look at God with those accusing kind of eyes and look at somebody else and decide that we're going to take matters into our own hands. We want to begin to want what God wants for an area. And we're ready to do our own part to see to it that that happens outside of, again, you know, not excluding the local assembly. You know, it is the place where we are trained and the life of God and we come together and we gather for strategy and, and you know, to be strengthened and uplifted. And God is not going to replace that. But I'm talking about once those things have happened, there should be the life of God out there where we're at. Okay. And so I want us to, to look at that, that unity is something that can be multiplied. Unity is a the unity of the spirit and the unity of the faith is a product of the Holy Spirit, which we all have inside of us. So we have that capacity to do what the Lord has called us to do. Amen. And so, um, I want us to end now, um, uh, with, uh, prayer and, uh, we will see you again on the next broadcast. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we pray that the rest of your day, um, that the Lord will just be with you. We pray that um, you will be strengthened, that you will be encouraged. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you, my Father, for where we are at this time in the earth, Lord. Father, we are so grateful that you have brought us to the earth for such a time as this, Lord. Father, you have preserved our life, Lord. Father, you have invited us to be to be a part of something that is so wonderful, Lord. Father, we are so grateful, oh God, for all that our eyes are seeing. Lord, even in the midst of great um, birthing, pains, Father, for the places where we live, Lord God, Father, people groups, Lord, uh, Father, in, in America, Lord God, Black Americans, Father God, and Lord, the prophetic destiny even that's happening, Father God, with the United States, Lord God, and that she's being, the, the, the things that God has in mind, Father, for her are being birthed out, and some things are very painful, Lord God, but even in the midst of all of that, my Father, 
Father, and things that are happening for others in other parts of the world, Father. Lord, you have destiny in your mind when it comes to nations and people groups, Lord. Father, they are products of your own mind, Lord God. You brought them forth, Lord God, with the characteristics, Lord God. You caused them to emanate, Father, out of three men, Father God, in the in the original uh, plan of God. And Lord, you caused them to be dispersed, Lord, throughout the earth, Father. Lord, in everything and anything and everybody, Lord God, was made for your glory, Father. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you for this place and time and space that we find ourselves in, Lord. And no matter what is going on, Father, we are so grateful that the thing that has remained, Lord God, the same consistent, my Father, is that you have not changed, that you are the same, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. You are still all-knowing. You are still all-loving. You are still omnipresent and you're still almighty. And Father God, even if you allow us to go through something and you don't rescue us right away, Father, it's because you believe, oh God, Lord, that we're able to make it through that time and make it through that thing. And Lord, you're toughening many of us and you're strengthening us, oh God. So you don't come to the rescue about everything, Lord, but you teach our hands to war and our fingers to fight and you train us as how to run through troops and how to leap over walls, oh God. And you see to it, my Father, that we're made out of something, oh God. Lord God, that we don't remain weak, Lord. So you allow things to come, Father. You allow us to face giants, Lord God. You allow us, oh God. You allow us, Lord Lord God, to even be persecuted at times, Father. You allow us to be misunderstood at times, oh God. But Lord, you don't allow those things to take us out. If we'll just agree with you, my Father, Lord God, you're able to keep us from falling and make us to stand, Lord. Father, you are so tender in your heart towards us, Father, that even when we blow it, Lord God, Father, you're waiting for us to return. Lord, you want to sit down and reason with us, Father. And Lord, this unity that you've spoken about, that you caused, Lord God, the authors to pen, Father, in your word. Lord, the unity of the Spirit is a real thing, O oh God. And Lord, Father, you said in the place of the a commanded blessing that the requirement has to be the unity of the brethren. And Lord Father, you felt so strongly about it that you said discord, Lord, it's not just a sin. Lord, the, the uh, accord, uh, uh, just uh, 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 confusion and all of that between your people, Lord God. That is not a lightweight thing, Father. Lord, it's an abomination. It's something that you hate, Father God. Lord, because it was from the very beginning. Lord, that the enemy thought that he would rise up, Lord, and take some over to himself. And, and Lord, to cause them to rise up against you, Father. So, Lord God, that's at the very core of what the adversary did. And Father, I thank you and praise you for that spirit, Lord God, to be broken in us and that we would rise up, Lord God, and stand against it where we see it, knowing that you hate it, Father. Knowing, Lord God, that anything that you hate does us a disservice, Father. That anything that you despise and that you hate, Lord God, Father, that it has serious implications, that it can harm us, Father. Lord, you don't hate it for uh, any kind of reason, Father God. Lord God, you don't want any of the enemy's things to be on the inside of us, Father. Thank you and praise you for this time today, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bless you. Amen.